0: What's up, y'all? added room radio is on the air you motherfuckers my name is darian i am back for another week of horror bullshit coming straight to your face holes it's just me again inmates i don't know what to tell you i think i pissed everybody off finally <laughs> it only took me 12 years i finally have pissed every single person i know off well done darian uh, no jason nobody jason still got the covid dudes buddy uh y- Be honest with you, I just told everybody to take the week off because I got a a house full of in-laws here. I got a bunch of luggage here in the padded room. I got weird hats. I got uh, cowboy boots. I don't have room in here for nobody else other than me. So it's just me in here tonight, inmates. I might go get the kids later, bring them in for a little immersion therapy. They're at McDonald's just at the moment with the neighbors. That's what my kids do. They go scrounging for food around the neighborhood. Their sad faces and their stories of malnourishment. Will you please take us to McDonald's? (laughs) There's a sucker born every minute, inmates. I don't know if you know this. And uh, my kids will find them and they will guilt them into a uh, happy meal. So (laughs) there you have it. Right on, man. What's up with you guys? Anything cool? Are you ready for Thanksgiving? I think I am. I'm going a little rogue this year. Uh, I'm gonna make I'm having all the family over of course thus the room full of in-law stuff uh, this year I'm gonna try and make a beef burgundy anybody know what the hell that is Yeah me neither um, I found the recipe on some website I vaguely remember having a beef burgundy when I was a kid at some buffet somewhere and I think I liked it so so far it involves Chipped beef marinating in Pinot Noir. Uh, it's It's been sitting in my garage for about uh, two days now. I'm gonna, I am going gonna—I don't know. I'm going to keep you informed. We'll see how it comes out, all right? If it's... Uh, I don't know. Maybe we're all going to get hammered off this chipped beef situation. It's supposed to be some kind of a stew when I'm all done and said and done with it. It's going to be a stew kind of a thing. I don't remember it being a stew. I remember it being more of like a uh, casserole situation, so... I could be completely off the rails with this. I might be delving into new territory with alcohol and uh, beef products. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll let you know how it comes out. Maybe I'll just uh, call it something else, and then it will be my own personal specialty. You know what I'm saying? It's a Thanksgiving meat pie, you motherfuckers. Just eat it. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, he's hostile. He's hostile around the holidays. You know that. Uh, right on, inmates. I hope you're uh, all ready for Thanksgiving and the chaos that follows. Uh, let's not talk about politics this time at the at the at the the dinner table. All right, you're just asking for trouble, so don't even don't even think about it. And by politics, I mean all things really newsworthy these days. Just shut the fuck up, keep it to uh, football, and pass the gravy and. Uh, back to football i think is the best way to go about it that's the best way to get out of thanksgiving dinner without a table getting overturned in your kitchen because that is a very real and viable threat my friends i speak from experience all right enough about me and my horse shit how about uh we do a regular horror show here kids we got listener mail horror news all the usual stuff let's kick things off with a little uh horror news (laughs)
1: horror news
0: yeah buddy uh here's some good news there is a new map and new characters coming to the texas chainsaw massacre video game uh on the 28th of this month now look i've got it i played it once little wacky but I, I just need to buckle down and do a deep dive and get into it. Um, the, the, the problem that I already see with it is it's basically uh, Dead by Daylight, but it, instead of one on four, it's four on four. Very cool. you got four survivors, four killers, and you, they all have to work together to try to kill those guys or escape from the, the farm there. Here's the problem that I, I saw in my one time playing it. Everybody wants to be Leatherface. Nobody wants to be anybody else. So that's, that's a problem. I played it. I wanted to be Leatherface, but it was already taken. So I got uh, shoehorned into Nubbins, the hitchhiker. Now, if you're playing the character of Nubbins, all you're doing is flailing around the farm with a straight razor, trying to find the, uh, the survivors. And by flailing, I mean literally doing like a spazzo dance because, you know, that's how, that's how Nubbins moved in the movie. So that's how you feel very silly playing that game. If you get stuck with that character, I don't know who else they could possibly add to it because they already had uh, Bubba, they had Nubbins, they had Drayton Sawyer. Um, you know, i I'm possibly Chop Top. I think I don't believe he's in the game yet. Uh, all the Survivor characters, I didn't recognize anybody from the movie. It's just a bunch of randos. So I'm gonna do a deep dive, I, dude. I I, I got it. Uh, there's a rift open in Dead by Daylight. I'm hammering that. And, I don't know if anybody noticed, but on the PlayStation Network, Aliens Fireteam Elite is absolutely free. And I've been, uh, me and Deacon have been playing the shit out of that. That's a fun game. I I don't know why everybody hated it when it first came out. I'm having a good time with it. Alright, enough about that. It looks like stills are out for Robert Eggers' Nosferatu remake. So, a couple of things. Number one, Bill Skarsgård as Count Orlok. He does good work. I have zero problem with that. I don't know which direction they're going to go with it. Is it going to be silent? Is it going to be black and white? Probably. That's what Robert Eggers does. He does uh, the, the Vitch, uh, The Lighthouse. They're all black and white. He loves himself some black and white. So I'm down with that. But is, is it going to be a silent film? That's, that's a good question. Because, you know, original Nosferatu was a silent film. There's also a 1973, I believe, remake... Uh, directed by Warner Herzog, starring Klaus Kinski, Nosferatu, the Vampire. Um, I've tried to watch it a couple of times. I've yet to make it all the way through. Uh, I don't know something. Something about Klaus Kinski, man. I I feel like I just need. He just needs to. I, I feel like every time I see him, I feel like that's a guy that could possibly try to have sex with me at some point. You know what I mean? I don't know, it's just the German thing, or what is he, Nordic or something? I don't know, it's just the look of him says, that's a guy that's going to try and get on top of me, and it kind of weirds me out a little bit. Um, I'm interested, though. I like the Vich. Uh, I do not understand the lighthouse for the life of me. Um, I'm just not smart enough, I guess, that's fine. But I'll I'll check this out, Nosferatu with Bill Skarsgård. Stills are also out for the first Omen. This is going to be an Omen prequel, if you can dig that. We haven't had an Omen film since 2006 with that uh, uh, that remake with, uh, what's her name, uh, Julia Stiles. That was okay. That was okay as far as remakes go. Um, do we need a prequel to the original Omen is, is the question we should be asking ourselves. Um, I mean, if... Where you what, what are we what are we doing here are we gonna go all the way back to uh, uh, when Damien was born I guess are we gonna see uh, a jackal give birth to a human baby because that's kind of weird um, I don't know I don't know what we're doing with this this I saw the stills they're very ambiguous there's like a uh, building on fire and that's about that's all that I saw maybe there's more by now but uh ah, it's uh it's a omen it Okay so the the entire Omen franchise is four films. The last one was a made for TV movie. It was it was really bad. That was the one where uh, Damien's female cousin became uh the new Omen, kind of a thing. Um, third one I think was the best. That was the one where he was the ambassador and he had like a cult of followers and they were killing babies. Sam Neill was the uh, the Omen in that one the Damien. Um second one was all right, as far as I recall. that's him in military school and then of course the first one is where he's like the ACDC kid. So I mean it's not it's not like a storied franchise by any standard. film the four films, we can basically pretend the last one never happened. We'll be fine. Um, I'll be interested to see where this goes. I'm not a huge omen guy. I think the best part of those movies was the, uh, the score. Ho, he, ho, ho. Ho, he, ho, ho. It's for you, Damien. Ksh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Despite my horrible performance there. Uh, what else we got here? Michael Doherty is shopping a Krampus 2 treatment. Don't get your panties all moist just yet, there, inmates. It's just a treatment, and shopping it means exactly fuck all. All it means is that he's written like a. Uh, a vague outline for a Krampus 2, and he's uh, going, taking it around, trying to find somebody to help finance it. Uh, I would love to see a Krampus 2, but if we're in Michael Doherty land, why are we not talking about trick-or-treat? A trick-or-treat 2, or uh, some kind of a trick-or-treat, uh, I don't know, situation, anything. Give me, give me more trick-or-treat. Krampus was great. I'll take another Krampus, but let's get back to trick-or-treat there, Mike Doherty uh what else we got here looks like seasonal fa- <laughs> seasonal fatalities bundle is available for uh, mortal kombat 1 in a dlc pack what does that mean seasonal fatalities what are you gonna snowball them to death is that what you do uh, i don't know man uh i have mortal kombat 1 i haven't really played it much i played through story mode it's fine. The end is a bit bananas. Like the the last I don't know 7 8 fights. They just they just say, "You know what? Fuck it. It's all crazy talk. So just here's a bunch of crazy shit and they just fire it right at you and you got to fight your way through it." Um It's 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 int- I'm I'm not in love with it the way I was Mortal Kombat 12 or th- yeah, right? 12? Is this 12? No, 11. MK11. And I think the reason for that is that they they re they reset the timeline, but they've diverted quite a bit from the original characters, how they interact with each other, who hates who, and why, and all that fun shit. And it's um, I don't know, I don't I ah. Uh. That I mean, that's part. That's part of what drew me into Mortal Kombat to begin with was how I fell in love with the lore behind it. You know what I'm saying? I love those characters: uh, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Reptile, Kano, Raiden. All that. You know, they all hate each other, and they're all trying to kill each other in the name of this tournament. And then the the world just blows up from there. And now we're we did a, a second hard reset. You know what I mean? Because this isn't the first time the Mortal Kombat universe has been reset, but this time it's it's reset, but like back to the dawn of time, and now catching up. Everything is all fucked up, and it's it's kind of hard to for me to wrap my Mortal Kombat nerd brain around where we're at now and what we're doing and what the fuck. How are these two guys? Their brothers? I don't I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, uh, if you're interested in that, it's available for uh, download. And that, my friends, is all I have on horror news. How about some listener mail?
1: Listener mail.
0: Yeah, buddy. It's listener mail time. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, we got uh, voicemails. We got emails. We got all kinds of fucking shit coming in here. Let's start things off with the emails, if we could. Looks like our main man team is in the house. All the way from Sydney, Australia, this guy. You know him. He's part of the uh, Dummies Dummies of Horror. Uh, what does he say here? Subject line, horrific women. I know a few there, Tim. What's up, Darian? Hope you're okay this week. I'm assuming you're by yourself again since you have no friends. I do not <laughs> have any friends. I just have people that I can uh, periodically convince to come to my house. And um, that, that that that's about it. That's why I do this show is to make new friends. And uh, eventually I piss them off and they leave me alone. <laughs> it's probably better that way. Uh shout outs to Buddy and Jason. Hope you guys are doing good and loving life. And even you too, Miss monica One day I pray for your return. Uh she said uh that she is planning on moving back to the town that I uh broadcast out of. So if once that happens, bros, uh I think she'd be all in. She really liked doing the show with us. So the only reason she stopped is because of the shit with her mom and then moving away. And if she comes back, I think we're ready to go. I'm just saying that. Uh, Miss Monica went for your return. Let's get in the Terra Dome. Since Darien chat all over the Baba Duke last week put me down for the Duke to win. I would love to hear you explain that, Tim. I would love to hear your your theory on how the Baba Duke uh, beats uh, Valak, but that's. I don't, I don't think you can justify that. I think you're voting just to piss me off. Well, I'm not going to let you. I mean, I'm going to put you down for the Babadook, but I'm not going to let you piss me off. How about that? Uh, two for the Babadook. Very nice. Meat Hook. Three, female horror characters. Number three, the female Cenobite. I don't know. Bald chicks are kind of hot. I agree with you, Tim. I don't know what that is. What is that some... Ever since I saw uh, The Fifth Element... You know what I'm talking about? You know the the scene I'm talking about? There's a scene in the fifth element where uh, one of the orc things, the shapeshifter dudes, turns into a hot bald chick to try to get onto an a aer- uh, spaceship, and uh, it doesn't work. But for a second, there's a really hot bald chick. After that, I, I've been trying to wrestle myself down a bald chick. Um, not as easy as it sounds. I, I think I've seen three of them in person, and none of them <laughs> None of them wanted anything to do with me. So there's that. Uh, Female centipede Number two, Baby Firefly. Rob Zombie's wife is kind of hot. What do you mean, kind of? There, my uh, Tim. If you watch the first ten minutes of Lords of Salem, dude, she leaves nothing to the imagination. And it is all good in the hood, if you understand what I'm telling you. Number one, Annie Wilkes. Kathy Bates is the best female. Everything. Um, I like I like Misery. I'll be honest with you. The uh, it's not the lack of cussing that annoyed me. It was all the (laughs) cockadooty you know the 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 adolescent um, substitutes for bad words. It 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 was cute for like the first forty minutes. After that, it got a little a little stale. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, right on, Tim. He says, Darian, I have to tip my hat to you for raising your kids correctly. We get Texas Chainsaw Massacre one week and now the Lost Boys. If they choose Jaws the Revenge for next week, I'm going to have to adopt them. Great reviews from the little guys. I enjoyed the Underworld show. That's it for me, beautifuls. Love you long time, Tim. Right on, Tim. Thanks for writing in, amigo. Uh, like I said... They are at the neighbor's house scrounging for food. If they're back in time for immersion therapy, I'll get them in here and we'll talk a little lost boys. Otherwise, it's going to be just us again, young Timothy. That was all for the uh, uh, emails. How about some voicemails? All right, so this first one came in right smack dab in the middle of last week's show, past the listener mail segment. So he missed it, but I'm going to go ahead and play it for you now because I still want to hear what he had to say last week. Here comes Tom Hardy.
1: Hello. Hello. That was my favorite degenerate this week. It was just me. I don't know if I'm going to make it in on time. You I'm did not. i making my call. Sure. i got to get through with the educating department. I what think, do you think I got you. Your doctor sleeps. You got me. Uh, I believe your doctor You got sleep. it. Um, anyway, good flip, man. I really thought it needed more of the huh. uh, overlook, though. Well, My yeah. one uh, complaint about it, I wanted more of the overlook. I, but anyway,
0: I would agree with that. Um,
1: hey, you were talking last week about uh, horror franchises that took such a significant uh, dip. Right. And then just went to total shit. Yeah, yeah there now, are I many. I also direct you to the Lost Boys franchise. Oh, God. That, that one went from fucking classic, perfect 80s flick what the fuck do they keep trying to do what are we even doing um, with these and also loads? of course the crow and I think you may have mentioned that I one did last week. That, that one went to fucking shit hard. Y-
0: yeah yeah anyway
1: for the uh, terror dome you got some fucking witch versus uh, Sammy Kerr I did I don't even know who this fucking bruja braga witch <laughs> is Oh, like, brood it is.
0: hagazusa this put me down
1: for Sammy Kerr yeah I figured and, that um, you know as far as the meat hooks go uh-huh. the favorite villains yeah I gotta admit, I'm fucking basic as hell, man. That's okay. I'm a slasher guy. So, sure. You know, I love me fucking Michael Myers. I yeah. love Freddy Krueger. Right. He was uh, probably one that really fucking helped ease me into horror. And then, yeah. of course, my all time favorite has gotta be fucking Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Uh, anyhow, hope all is well. Love
0: you, like family. Bye. Love you too, Tom Hardy. So, yeah. Uh, about the the dip in the franchise, and the reason I didn't bring up the Lost Boys—that is a dip, that is a huge dip right there. First one, uh, iconic '80s vampire classic. First one, we'll get more into this in, in immersion therapy, since that was our title for the week. Um, first that that movie was the first movie to make me want to be the the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Like. I'm, you're, you're watching The Lost Boys for the first time, and you're, you can't help but put yourself in Michael's shoes, and you're going, why not? Why not be a vampire? These guys are having a great time. They're dr- riding their, d- their dirt bikes up and down the boardwalk. They got hot chicks all over the place. Why would you not want to do that, man? What, because your, your mom got a job at the video store? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, it's, that's that, uh, that was my take on the lost boys but the reason i didn't bring it up last week per my uh uh, franchise that took the sharpest dip um is because those movies were so far apart lost boys original what 87 are we talking about lost boys the tribe i think uh i want to say like 2012 that's like a 30 year difference you know I'm, could you even call, with the exception of Edgar Frog, Corey Feldman, who was clinging on to what semblance of a career he had, there's really no correlation between the two, other than some subtle winks and nods like uh, the fat guy with the sac- saxophone and other things like that. So uh, I, I I struggle to call that a sequel other than in name. And really, the sa- I think there's a third one. Uh, I think I got them both over here somewhere. I don't know, but uh, really, I, I I don't know. They not they didn't feel like sequels. Um, they didn't get me at all interested in like any kind of a backstory of anything or anything I might have missed in the franchise. I would I I don't even know that I would call that a franchise. Really, it's really just the Lost Boys and then some shit movies. That's that's my stance on it. Right on, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in last week, man. Sorry we didn't get to you uh let's see who we got up this week let's get down to our main man in alabama alan's in the house
1: Padded room. what's up What's up, Alan? I hope everybody's doing good we're um, okay we're gonna make the it? kids talking about grandpa takes chase on masker yeah that was actually like a 19 year old kid in that makeup if i remember correctly and once that- they got him in it he was like Get this filmed, get this done. I'm not putting this back on. Uh, I've been in it for like nineteen hours.
0: Oh nice. Anyway.
1: Terror Dome, Gimme Valak, is stupid. <laughs> um Mr. Darien, Sir. are you he never died? You are correct. And horror movie checks. Number one, I'm gonna go with trash.
0: Oh, trash number two, um mm. American Mary. That's a good one. And number three I'm going to go with um, Carrie White. Okay. That's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Talk to y'all later. Bye. I like all three of those picks, Alan. Um, they're all pretty good. Um, they're all villains. I noticed that. I, I love that about you. Well, I don't know. Do you call Carrie White a villain? I suppose you have to, right? She killed a whole town. Uh, trash. A lot of fun, that that young <laughs> young lady. <laughs> uh i don't know how many hours i spent contemplating whether or not i saw an actual vagina or if it was just some kind of weird cod piece cover vagina cover thing i did the i did the research later in life it turns out Linnea quigley was in fact wearing some kind of a, a crutch um i don't know Fucking floss situation, so you didn't actually get to see her pussy, unfortunately. And uh, despite my my better hopes, it's just her in a bikini, but she is topless and she dances, and it is hot. And you do get to see the backside, which is also very hot. uh Right on, Alan. Thanks for calling in. You got me. I was. He never died. I am. He never died. That's a great movie, man. And the sequel is not bad. I don't know if you've ever seen it. She never died. It's actually pretty fun. It's in the same vibe as the first one. It doesn't have Henry Rollins in it. There are some, um, at the end, there's like a little, you know, oh, we heard there's another guy that's kind of like you. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a third one, though. But She Never Died is actually pretty good. Same basic idea. Uh, You know, shitbird criminals in the Pacific Northwest and here she comes. She's going to fuck up their whole scene. <laughs> and w- with a pretty dry sense of humor. I like that. That's uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, looks like Tom Hardy called this week. Let's see what he has to say now. Hey, yo! Hey, yo, padded
2: room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? Just me again, dude. I do hope everyone is doing well. Getting ready for the. Uh... Holiday season yes, there. Yes, sir. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to happy all the Happy Thanksgiving inmates. to you. I uh, just wanted to get in real quick there. Try I some big got Burgundy. on the educating department. Come on now. I believe you're uh Come. he never died. Yeah, buddy. Not 100% on this one. You are. Uh, you nailed it. I think everything lines up. So, it does. Uh, put me down for that. Yes, sir. Uh, on the Terror Dome, you got Valix versus the Babadook. The Babadook.
0: And... Got
2: to go with Valak, right? I, I mean, have to agree. What are you going to do with the fucking Boba? It's a book, you know. Uh, fucking little kid's going to be screaming all fucking. Oh, movie. it's
0: going to drive me crazy. The cause
2: of all this fucking elevated horror.
0: Yeah, it I seems guess. to be like
2: the newest craze or whatever. One wants to be a part of instead of giving us real good, yeah. good horror. Yeah, flip. man, fuck that Boba. Do I? Put, the, uh, I put, back, put me down for Valak. You got it, man. Um. Oh, on the uh, Meat hook. What do you uh, think? Female characters. Yeah. Um, and I, I got a couple. You know, I fucking... I, all right, so look. For number okay. three, put me down for uh, Juno from The Descent.
0: Oh, she was so uh, hot. The
2: Descent, too. That was one fucking bad bitch.
0: Bad bitch? And, God damn, was that know, hot.
2: I, uh, I don't want to give nothing away about that flick. I know it's old. Everybody's it is. I've probably seen it, but man, if you haven't, Go ah, watch the descent. Man. Natalie Mendoza is the actress. Uh, number two, uh, put me down for uh, Maggie from Escape from New York. That was the uh, okay. Was that Adrian the, Barbeau? Uh, Adrian Barbeau yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say that right? Bar- Barbeau. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. Boo boo. Anyway, when you first fucking meet her, you just figure, oh, that's the uh, that's the fucking chick that was given to Brain. Yes. For him to fuck, so he stays in line. Correct. But kind of throughout the flick, you figure out, No, she's actually a
0: fucking badass. It's man. a bad bitch uh, right there. She
2: stands up to the Duke. Yep. Uh, fucking. Hey, number one. I don't know. That that to me, that character always stood out. I agree. And uh, you know the what? For number one thing. And I know the thing of character. Entire movie. Huh? But put me down for Linnea quickly. Just in general. I mean, I like that. She's just. It's, it's for my fucking horror pedigree Sure When I was growing up You know If I'm looking Alright look I'm looking at two flicks And I'm like Ah oh, which one should I rent Right Should I rent this one here It sounds kind of cool She's in both like, of them I, of I fucking bet fucking people are Gonna get killed Yeah Or should I rent this one here Sounds pretty cool Sounds like a bunch of Motherfucker people are Gonna get killed Right Oh But this one's got Linnea Quigley Sold Man, whether the movie's Good or bad You know you were gonna See some shit She's tips, gonna
0: get but, naked you know that was that was part of my uh, horror upbringing. I'm so. down. I like that, uh, GP'd. I'm down with that man. She is, she is uh, think what you will of her. She is part of the 80s horror. Um, I guess DNA for lack of a better a better. Un- so she's part of the the roadmap of 80s horror. You know what I'm saying? And us being horror fans at the age that we're at now. Dude, if you haven't pulled one off to Linnea Quigley, are you even a horror fan? Are you even a heterosexual male horror fan? Even if you're a female, you probably squeezed one out to her. It's fine. So many movies. Well, I'm talking about uh, Return of the Living Dead. Probably the best. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Watched her get impaled on antlers. Witch Trap. Uh, she lasted all of about eight minutes. Six of those eight minutes, butt naked in the shower. Uh, what else? You got this... Uh, oh uh fucking uh night of the demons man who was the first actress to shove a tube of lipstick into her nipple ever quite possibly the well not the only they made a remake but definitely one of the few to do so um uh what else oh that uh i got that linnea quigley workout video it's fine (laughs) she is naked uh a lot in that one also seemingly for no reason whatsoever but she is in it and she is naked and doing uh leg lifts and things of that nature dude i know i'm with you on this tom hardy it's it's part of uh the roadmap of the horror our childhoods um sexual awakenings uh of sorts dude Linnea quigley i'm with i'm with you on that I would, but the question that that begs then, if we add her, does a Brink Stevens go in there? Does a Michelle Bauer? There, there are um, very attractive scream queens, quote unquote, that would also fit into that roadmap. Um, my own personal uh, horror pedigree, I would take a Dawn Wildsmith. You know my feelings about her and my history with her. Um, I would, I would probably. She doesn't have the body of work, but like, if I had to, if I had like some kind of a weird wet dream where Linnea Quigley and Michelle Bauer were fighting over me, and I was like seventeen years old, I'm gonna go with Michelle Bauer every time. She is more attractive, uh, in my opinion, and she was in Sorority Babes and Slime Ball Bolorama, which Linnea Quigley was in also. Uh, so there. <laughs> <laughs> there's that i'm gonna i'm gonna talk myself into going the other direction all right uh he got gp'd he did call back let's see what else he has to say gp'd hell yeah Mother do it baby
2: hell yeah uh, anyway as i was saying uh, i did get to catch the rest of the fall of the house of usher very nice
0: uh, I thought it was pretty good
2: Yeah. Uh, as a whole. I think uh, the series actually gets. Uh, huh. You know, I, all in all, I'd say it's pretty good. I, uh, yeah, I don't well, think yeah. it's as good as Hill House. Okay. And I think it's right there. They're all great. For Midnight Mass, and yeah. then probably the. Okay. And then Bly Manor, and then.
0: Don't forget the, the Midnight,
2: Midnight Club. Club. As far as uh, that guy's uh, series on netflix uh, all in all Michael flat slad- flattery
0: clarity flarity
2: scares and it, it almost Goddammit. felt like you know what the uh, studio executives are saying hey you're getting a little too bogged down in the story we need a jump scare we need to remind people it's a horror flick okay but uh all, all in all i say it was good definitely nice. worth the watch um yeah, so give it a shot. Okay. I also did get to catch uh, Renfield, which was fucking – It's silly. I, know, I thought that was pretty damn fun.
0: You like that? Uh, it's silly. Good flick. Okay.
2: Anybody hasn't seen it, I think some one of them
0: services. Uh, highly recommend I want to say Peacock. Anyway, hope all
2: is well. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Love you, like family. Bye.
0: Now. Happy Thanksgiving, Tom Hardy. Love you, too. Uh, it's fun. I've seen it. I've talked about it, Renfield. I believe it's streaming on Peacock. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, inmates, you get a combined, I don't know, 12 minutes of Nicolas Cage as Dracula, and it's a very hammy Nicolas cage version of Dracula. It's a comedy, all right? That's it. It's, a uh, it's more about, uh, the kid from Warm Bodies, whatever his name is. Uh, he plays Renfield, and it's this whole adventure about him being a lackey and things like that. It's fine. It's more of a comedy. You'll probably dig it. Uh, that is all I have on the listener mail. Thank you very much, Tom Hardy, Alan, and Tom Hardy and Tim. You guys are the best. You knew that. I hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Watch the Lions game. Stay away from politics. Go crazy with the food, man. Just don't uh, you know, don't drink too much wine and call your sister-in-law a fat sow because that's not fun. Hey, first off, I'm sure she's a nice lady. Second off you're only going to regret it even if you think she actually is a fat sow so let's just not even do it I know you're thinking about it I'm gonna tell you not to okay and you're gonna thank me later when you have a nice Thanksgiving with your family and your sister goes home and everything is cool afterwards so you're welcome for that uh, love you guys happy Thanksgiving let's do a movie shall we right, inmates, it's the Devil's Wedding Night from nineteen seventy one. This one got five point three stars on IMDB. It's got a R rating written by Mark Damon, directed by Luigi Bazzella. It stars Mark Damon and Rosal Barneri and Esmeralda Barreros. Uh <laughs> sorry, sorry about the uh, anchorman thing there. <coughs> Uh, this one originally aired on Elvira's Movie Macabre, March 5th, 1983. Now, I could be completely mistaken here, inmates, but I remember vaguely Elvira's Movie Macabre being like a network TV show. Am I, am I wrong about that? I think it was. But uh, this, this movie is very TNA heavy. So, there's that. Maybe this was just the VHS release or something. I know they remastered a bunch of that shit when they put it out uh in uh physical copies. So, I don't know. It's uh this one's got a lot of uh a lot of sexy and a lot of TNA. And that's okay with me. Um we start off with, of course with Elvira coming out and doing her whole all of her dad jokes and her funny little uh boob shakes and all that. It's it's great. I love it. Uh, we get into the movie and we start off with a young lady running through the forest. Now, I got to tell you, if you watch this on Peacock, which is where I, I checked it out, uh, the transfer is absolute garbage. Like, you can see the graininess and the. Uh, there's like a lot of weird, like, green scratches in the film, I guess. I don't know if there's a remastered version of this or not. Probably not, because it's not a bad show, but it's not the best thing I've ever seen, so. Uh, if you're watching it screaming, you really got to like squint, kill the lights, squint your eyes and try to focus on what's going on because it's very hard to make out at times. Uh, anyway, there's a chick running through the woods and then, uh, the camera is like in POV and then it, she trips and it catches her very scary. Uh, from there we cut to like a psychedelic, uh, blur kind of a negative enhancement, uh, A lot of of topless chicks running around. And, like, apparently they're they're frightened of something as the opening credits roll. Um, That's okay. I'm okay with that. Then we go to, uh, we cut to the main story. So we have Mark Damon playing two twin brothers. And I don't believe that he is actually related to Matt Damon. I could be wrong about that, but there's nothing on his IMDb page. Um, He plays two twin brothers. We have. Carl and Franz Schill, Schiller, Schillerer, they're German. Is that's all you need to know? Now, they're, they're they're the they're identical, and the only way you can tell them apart is Franz is a bit of a douche nozzle, and Carl is like a uh, historian slash budding archaeologist or something like that. I guess we pick up with these two guys in uh, I guess. Carl's study, where he's poring over some old books and looking at old folklore and stuff, and he comes across in his studies uh, something called the Ring of (laughs) Nibeloni. Why is it called the Ring of Nibeloni? I have no idea, but that's a very fun name. (laughs) I feel like there's a sexual connotation there. The Ring of Nibeloni, or... Neck nibbly, I don't know, but it's fun. Uh, according to folklore and legend, the ring is a blood relic, and if it is when it is shown in the in the light of a full moon, it gives the wearer complete power over the people around him. And um, if the wearer denounces love, and I'm not sure what the, what exactly that's supposed to mean, then he will have total power. So it's like some rule the world type of business, very exciting. And uh, Carl decides that he wants to to set off to find the ring of Nibeloni. And Franz comes in, and he's like, "Hey, man, what you doing?" He's like, oh, "Check out this Nibeloni stuff." <laughs> I may be incorrect in my recollection of the name of the ring, but I wrote down Nibeloni. So that's what we're going with. I cannot say that word with a straight face. It sounds like something my my daughter would make up. It's a goddamn ring of Nibeloni. <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, he's all excited and he's like, okay, where well, are you going to go find the ring? Huh? He's like, yeah, where are you going to go? And so then he gets into like this whole, um, it's, was last seen near the village La Dracul, which is at the base of the Carpathian Mountains in the Transylvania region. No mention of Dracula as yet, and despite the name of the village and the region, we're just going to pretend that we don't know anything about Dracula, so I guess that's where this the story begins, is that nobody knows anything about Dracula, so that's fine, we'll just go with that, Uh, he's telling you got to go there, and then uh, it's probably in the castle, there's a countess that lives in the castle, but she's got like a reliquary, and it might be somewhere there in the castle, I'm going to go down there and see if she'll let me poke around, while he's going through this, Franz is going, ha ha, a rich countess you say, and a castle, I'm going to go down there too, and see if I can uh, get her to marry me, and then I'll be a rich count with a castle, dig that shit. So okay, very cool. Now we cut to the next day. Uh, Franz left like in the middle of the night, so he's got a little bit of a head start on Carl. Great, goes down there, gets to uh, La Dracul village, checks into the inn. Everybody gives him like the uh, the stink eye when he walks in because you know he he's not one of the regulars. Uh, checks into the local inn uh, and immediately has sex with the innkeeper's daughter. Now. Don't get your panties in a bunch. There's a good reason for this. Uh, so what we find out when he checks in, the innkeeper's hot, red-headed daughter takes him up to his room, and she's like, oh, you must be here for the thing. And he's like, uh, no? Is there a thing going on? She's like, yeah. Tomorrow is the, uh, what is it? The uh, the vir- the night of the virgin moon. And he's like, what the shit is that? So she tells him, on this particular night, once every year, five virgin girls from the village all get just go to the castle and they never come back so he's like what the shit is that all about he's like i don't know they just go up there and they don't come back well how do you know which virgins have to go we don't know just five of them just randomly go up there well we think that they are chosen or something he's like well that that sucks and she's like yeah i'm really worried about it because i'm a virgin and i don't want to go at you up to the castle and not come back he's like well honey I got a real easy way to fix that, so that's why they end up having sex. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the night before the night of the virgin moon is really a good time to get laid in the village of La Dracul. If you're a young man, or even an old man for that matter, I don't think they're particular. They just don't want to have to go up to the castle and not come back. So I don't know. I don't know. I hope there's like a uh, minimum age requirement for that because if not that'd be kind of creepy you know have like a bunch of seven and eight year olds going up there uh all right anyway so that goes down uh the next morning franz gets up and he's like i'm gonna go head up to the castle there so he goes up and he starts you know goes to the castle knocks on the door and uh a young lady answers and she is just like a robot her name is laura and she's like hello i'm laura he's like hey I'm Franz, nice to meet you. Listen, um I was hoping I could talk to the Countess because I just kinda wanted to come in and poke around for a little bit. I'm an archaeologist and I heard there might be some historic precedents here, so what do you what do you say? Can I can I talk to the countess or maybe you could let me in for a little bit? She's like, wait here. And then she goes inside, comes back, she's like, The Countess is gone for a couple of hours, but you can come in and wait for her. So he's like, you okay, so he goes in and she puts him up in like a library room. So Now, mind you, Franz is a pea hound, and he has no interest at all in actually doing any kind of archaeology or historic anything. He's there to get his, his, he's looking to get his dick sucked and hopefully marry the countess and inherit this big castle. That's what he's looking for. Uh, but since he's there, he might as well, you know, check the place out. So he goes outside, and uh, now it's dark out. By the way, about this time is when Franz, or Carl uh, rolls in, and he's actually looking to, to track down his brother, Franz. He knows he's there. Carl's like, uh, okay, been to the village. He's not there. They said he went up to the castle. I'm going to head up that way. While we're back at the castle, Franz is, like, running around, checking things out. He hears a bunch of screaming from outside. So he runs outside thinking, you know, damsel in distress or whatever. He finds Laura there dead on the ground. She's like, oh shit, there's a dead, that's the chick that let me in earlier, she's dead. I'm going to go th- call for help or something. He runs back inside and that's where he finally meets uh, the Countess um the countess is there she's like oh you must be franz and he's like yeah hey your servant girl is dead out there and she's like no she just looks dead she's actually fine she i don't know it's just the way she looks sometimes like no man i'm pretty sure she's dead and then laura comes back in she's like i'm not dead i was just laying around outside (laughs) that's kind of weird right Anyway, Franz is like, oh, okay, well, I'm Franz. Nice to meet you, Countess. Make a long story short, they end up having sex with each other uh, in a very psychedelic blur kind of a fashion. Uh, you get to see the Countess naked, and I thought I saw her vagina lips for a second, but I could be wrong. A very psychedelic 1970s kind of a sex montage with a lot of smoke involved and weird lighting and things, things like that and bouncing. <laughs> bouncing smiling at each other they did they that was how sex scenes went in the 70s uh anyway while that's going on uh it towards the end of this little sex montage the countess bears her fangs and we realize she is in fact a vampire so there's that she bites him uh while that's going on Franz or carl has been granted access to the castle laura's leading him upstairs and just as franz or god damn it yeah franz is being bit He's like Carl, gotta run, and, but Carl didn't hear him because he's now uh, being led upstairs by the Countess. So Laura is dealing with Franz, getting him situated in a crypt. Uh, Carl is now being led upstairs, and the Countess is like, "Hey, man, your brother was here a few minutes ago, and he left without saying goodbye. He was a real dick about it. I don't know what his deal was." He's like, "Yeah, sorry, it's that my brother. He's a he's a can be a real fuckface. Um, hey, any chance I could just kind of..." Cruise around here and check the place out. I heard there's this cool ring that might be somewhere around here. Can I can I poke around? She's like, Well, it's getting dark. So how about you just you just spend the night like a gentleman? By the way, you should do that to uh, you know make amends for the foul treatment of your brother. Spend the night here. They're gonna love it, and uh, you can poke around in the morning. How's that sound? So. Carl's like, oh, yeah, well, no, I don't, uh, I got a room in the village. But then here comes Laura with some tea, which has clearly been drugged. And uh, Carl takes the the tea and has a drink with uh, the Countess. You know it's been drugged because from there, they go into a bananas laughing montage where they just sit in the, the study and laugh at each other, which is great. <laughs> but that leads to a girl-on-girl sex scene between the Countess and Laura which is pretty hot, and I guess uh, Carl doesn't get to participate. He just gets to watch, which is kind of shitty, but it's still kind of hot at the same time. Uh, they go. I think they were going to go in and try to you know, make Carl a vampire too, but he's wearing the pendant of Pazuzu, boys and girls. That's right, and it is identified as such. It's basically a necklace with a little box thing on the front of it, and he says, hey, this is the pendant of Pazuzu, protects me from evil shit, so you keep your goddamn vampire hands to yourself, and uh, by all means, continue, you know, finger blasting each other, but just, I'm going to sit over here and watch, and possibly jerk off while you do that, so hands off, hands on each other, good to go, I'll take care of me, you do you, there's that, by the way, I need to get up out of here in the morning, so that's great, Uh, wakes up in the morning, house is completely quiet. Uh, he's like, oh shit, okay, what's going on? He just starts, he's, she said I could poke around, so he starts poking around, goes down into some subterranean areas, finds a crypt, uh, and sure as shit, there's the Countess, and there's another one right next to hers, to hers, but he doesn't open that one just yet, because while he's down there, a big bald vampire pops out, and, um, this is the most worthless vampire ever. He pops out, and he looks kind of like George the Animal Steel, and, um, Carl hits him with a pole, and then he gets knocked out, so other than popping out and showing us that he's a vampire, this, this big fat bald guy is pretty much worthless as a vampire servant, is what I'm saying, uh, okay, Carl's like, whoa, fucking vampires, believe this shit, I'm getting the hell out of here, goes back to the uh, the village, Talks to the people at the end, they're like, hey bro, your uh, brother had a room here, he banged my hot daughter, and then he took off to the castle, and that's the last anybody saw of him. So Carl very quickly does the math, ah shit, my brother is a hound. he went up there, banged the countess, obviously, uh, and she turned him into a vampire because he wasn't wearing the pendant of Pazuzu like I am, so thus that second crypt next to hers must be his fucking fuck that asshole got himself turned into a vampire so he's getting he's got to go back up there save his brother right he gets on a horse he hauls ass up there uh he gets down in the crypt finds his vampire brother gets him out of there uh to get him back to the um the the village there as the sun is setting we're still safe kind of because i don't know i guess you're okay as long as you don't like get direct sunlight as a vampire in this movie Um, very cool, uh, gets back there, uh, now, unfortunately, though, it's the night of the, the Virgin Moon, so we get another pretty hot montage of a bunch of hot, um, early 20s, scantily clad, nightgown-wearing, uh, young ladies just kind of getting up in the middle of the night in a trance state and walking toward, to the castle. Very cool, they get there, and now there's like a, uh, like a cult, situation going on bros there's like a like five or six dudes and they all got like black hoods on and uh they're gonna sacrifice these chicks so watch out for that uh while they're prepping the the young ladies to get sacrificed i.e stripping them down um the countess hauls ass back to the village and confronts uh france she's like hey you fucker what are you doing out of your crypt and he's like hey uh I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing out of my crypt. She's like, well, you get your fucking ass back to the castle. Me and you are going to get married tonight. So there's that. And by the way, my husband, my real husband, is going to possess your body because that's the whole reason you're here anyway. So good news, you're going to be rich and powerful and immortal. Bad news, you're now Count Dracula. Or at least you will be in the very near future once we have our vampire wedding. It's gonna be kick ass. So he's like, Oh, that sounds that sounds badass. Let's do that. He's like, Oh, I'm just gonna say goodbye to my brother and then I'll meet you at the castle. And then she leaves and then Carl pops out and he's like, Hey man, I heard all that shit. You're not serious about marrying that broad, are you? And he's like, Well, yeah, I mean I it, it could I could die. that's why I came down here was to marry her and uh, inherit myself a castle. He's like, you're gonna be a fucking vampire if you do that, bro. You can't, you can't be a vampire. He's like, well, yeah, uh, well, whatever. So they get into a fist fight there in the uh, the inn, and uh, I guess Carl beats up vampire Franz. We just have to assume that that's happening while that's going down. Uh, back up at the castle, these five virgins get sacrificed be- via stabbed in the neck. And it's a whole psychedelic, fucking montage, dudes, of like these hooded guys. Like, I think I think the implication was that the hooded guys all had sex with the virgins before they sacrificed them. You don't. It doesn't really say that, but there's like a lot of weird interpretive dance things going on, and again with the psychedelic camera shit. Um, a lot of boobies. A lot of chicks getting stabbed in the neck. Blood goes down make a long story short, it's very sad, so now we have uh, Carl, who's still there, and he just beat up uh, Franz, he's like, well, I'm not going to let my brother marry uh, her, and uh, also, I'm not going to let these, I'm going to try to save these virgins, he doesn't know they're already dead, he goes hauling ass up to the castle, Franz wakes up and beats him to the castle, and he's like, hey, I'm here for my big wedding, uh, let's let's get it going. So the Countess pops out, and she's now flashing the Ring of uh, Nibeloni, which is, it looks like a red doorknob on her hand, really, and it glows in the moonlight. She's like, okay, Ring of Nibeloni, it is time to invoke your power and bring back my husband in the body of this guy that I just uh, turned into a vampire and had sex with. So a lot of thunder crashing, stuff like that. Uh, he's like okay let's let's do the marriage thing all the cultists show up for the big wedding uh, Franz is there he's kind of dressed like Count Dracula and he's got his vampire teeth in uh, he's like okay let's do the wedding at the last second they, they have uh, one more virgin I think the 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 daughter of the fucking uh, innkeeper shows up presumably to save Franz and keep him from getting married but It's never overtly stated. I mean, we have to assume that she's not a virgin, so sacrificing her ain't going to make a lick of difference because they clearly had sex the night before, I think. I am interpreting a lot of this because it's very vague. Uh, But she shows up and uh, they're like, okay, we're married now. You just need to become a full uh, Dracula vampire by uh, biting her neck and drinking her blood and killing her. And He's like, uh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, and then I'll be good to go, and then at the last second, he has to change a heart, and he tries to, he stabs uh, the countess with the sacrificial knife, but she, of course, is a vampire, she did not give a shit about that, she's like, you fucking jerk off, I was going to make you a very powerful uh, vampire, and now you're fucking around with this, and he's like, yeah, I don't want to do that, so he grabs a battle axe off the wall, and just goes ape shit on all the cultists, and cuts all their heads off, very cool. Um, while that's going on, uh, Franz, or no, fucking Carl has made his way back to the castle and he's trying to get the ring of Nibeloni away from, uh, the Countess. So big fight. Uh, Franz is trying to protect the innkeeper's daughter and kill all these fuckers. Great. Um, the Countess makes her way as she's trying to fight off Carl. He like, battles her up the stairs in a very swashbuckling fashion all the way up to the roof where he cuts. She's like uh, getting ready to do a fucking invocation or whatever with the ring. And he cuts her hand off just before she does it. And her hand with the ring goes tumbling over the side of the castle. He's like, I got you now. She's like, yeah, ain't got shit. I'll grow my hand back because I'm a goddamn vampire. And then I'm going to eat your ass. But while she's growing her hand back... Fucking A, the sun comes up and it roasts her, and all the cultists now uh, go back to sleep, or they're all dead, actually, because Franz cut all their heads off. Franz then goes back to sleep. Uh, he's got him, he goes back to the crypt. Uh, Carl makes his way downstairs and manages to save the innkeeper's daughter. That's pretty much uh, the end of your movie, uh, except that as the sun comes up fully, uh Carl and the innkeeper's daughter find Franz's crypt and they kill him with a stake through the heart and then they take the ring of Nibeloni and just kind of leave it on his uh, his uh, grave mound and then they get into a coach and they're driving off and everything's cool for a second he's like well good thing we got rid of those vampires and your village will be safe now and then the innkeeper's daughter's like hey you look just like Franz He's like, yeah, we're, temp- t- you know, twin brothers. That's how it works. He's like, well, I really like Franz. He's super cool. He's like, yeah, uh, no, he's a bit of a playboy, but, you know, and then she's like, oh, you're going to try to fuck me? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And he's like, well, you're, yeah, you're pretty hot. And then she pops up with the vampire teeth and bites Carl. And then the very last shot of the movie is uh, Carrie White style. We see a hand come out of the, gro- the ground. Um, on Franz's burial mound and grab the ring of Nibeloni and hold on to it. And that's the end of your movie. It's pretty good, I thought. I thought it was pretty good. There's some uh, silly shit happening here. Mark Damon playing identical twin brothers. It's silly as fuck all. And you can't tell them apart other than one of them acts like a douchebag and the other one kind of acts like a nerd kind of a guy. So... It's very easy to get the two confused because they don't do a lot of introducing each other either, so no idea. Uh, Plenty of TNA. Uh, I guess you might call this a gothic romance. Uh, It reminded me a lot of Twins of Evil, but with dudes instead of hot chicks that were actually twins. Um, It's not bad. It's not a bad show at all. You want to check it out? Go ahead. It's on uh, Peacock. Go to Elvira's Movie Macabre. I think it's episode 7 or something like that. Just look for The Devil's Wedding Night. I- I'm going to see if I can find you a better a better transfer because this one was really garbage. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's like a uh, Synapse release or something. I'll see what I can find for you. In the meantime, I'm going to take myself a little break and come back with some other stuff.
1: If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the t villain link at PaddedRoom.podbean.com and grab some T-shirts. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show.
0: And I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. Well, are you are you digging the uh, Elvira's movie macabre month here in the Padded Room? These aren't these aren't the best movies. <laughs> they're not even really that good or memorable i don't before this month i don't think i'd seen any of these that's for sure um they're not they're not that bad i would say i would say they could definitely be a lot worse uh legacy of blood was pretty fucking silly but um i it's still it's, i've seen worse that's for sure so there's that All right, I'm not making excuses for Elvira's movie macabre. If anybody's interested, the whole shit is streaming on Peacock. That being said, let's do three on a meat hook, shall we?
1: Three on a meat
0: hook. This week's meat hook. Movies. Now, let me let me qualify this one a little bit. We, as horror fans, have a rare and distinct privilege. Um, what it is, we have movies that are bad. They're terrible. They're terrible, terrible movies. Bad acting, low budget, horrific special effects. But for some reason, we, as horror fans... Love these mo- certain movies that we love for no rhyme or reason. We know they're bad. We know it. You can't, we're not going to try to convince you that they're good movies, but we still love them. Take, for example, uh, A Demon Wind. That's terrible, man. That is a bad, bad movie. But if our old friend Onyx Hades was around, which I think she is somewhere, she would defend that movie tooth and nail without any rhyme or reason or actual, you know, there's nothing to back it up really it's just it you like it and uh, good for you I don't and it's it's a bad movie just at face value you know just looking at like the statistics the plot holes the acting you know it's bad but that's okay you still love it and that's good for you so my meat hook for the week is movies that you know are bad you know it's a bad movie but you still love it I've got three of them um, they're not all trauma movies <laughs> I'll kick it. I'll just I'll quit running my mouth and kick it off. My number three, a movie called I Am Zozo. You probably knew this was going to pop up. Uh, why do I like it? I think there is actual merit to this movie. It's it's a ridiculous premise. It's a tired premise, actually, more than anything. Uh, kids go to a Halloween party on an island. The power's out. Um, they can't really just go back because they're on a fucking island. So they have to stick it out. And they start fucking around with a Ouija board. Nothing good happens from there. We've seen that 150,000 times. Um, what makes this one different? For me, it's the atmosphere. It's on an island. Uh, there is no nudity. You would expect. I don't think there is, actually. I don't believe... Actually, I think there might be now that I, th- I think there's a shower scene. But regardless, uh, it's not the cheeky horse shit that you would expect it to be. Very atmospheric. Um... Very creepy with like the woods around. The sound design behind this one is pretty good. Um, it's other than that, it's not really a good movie. I like it, can't put my finger on what it is I like so much about it. There are other movies out there that are better with better uh, versions of all the uh, qualifying factors that I just mentioned, but I like this one a lot and I can't tell you why. My number two. <laughs> Speaking of Scream Queens and uh, movies that had a had a healthy um, place in my sexual awakening, I'm going to go Surf Nazis Must Die. This one is a trauma release. Um, this was back when trauma kind of took... Th- before trauma was trauma. You know what I'm saying? Before trauma started putting out horse shit like... Uh, uh, fucking, uh, Citizen Toxie, you know? Back when, back when it still tried to make, like, legit horror films and legit action sci-fi films. Before it just started with the fucking nonsense. Um, this one probably is more of an action film. Stars one of my, uh, my crushes, Don Wildsmith, who I think would probably be, uh, my time machine sex list topper. um, it's silly. It's silly as shit. It, I mean, I think the name says it all. Surf Nazis must die. Uh, a gang, a surf gang, uh, if you haven't seen it, I'll give you a snapshot. Big earthquake like rearranges the, the Los Angeles coast, and surf gangs start vying for different territory. There's some There's some pretty kick-ass surf gangs. There's like an Asian samurai surfer gang. Uh, there's the rich boy pipeliner gang um there's like a uh like a sexually ambiguous designer wave gang where they all wear like designer clothes (laughs) while they surf (laughs) there's like the little skate skater kids the skate rats um and there's some pretty cool like gang fights also and then of course uh the the one rogue vigilante who decides she's got a, a a beef with the surf nazis and rightfully so they killed her son uh, silly as shit. Good. It's, it's, I, th- I thought it, I enjoyed it as a kid and mostly for the, the sex scene with Don Wildsmith. Um, that's my number two. Number one, another horrible movie. It's bad. It's bad on so many levels. Uh, not a lot of it makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, some of you, I feel like, uh, as you listen to this are calling me a hypocrite because, uh i i I am sick and tired of like recent trauma movies which are just fucking poultry geist you know it's stupid that is stupid the entire premise of that is fucking dumb uh what i'm gonna what i'm gonna point you to now is a movie called hard rock zombies now it's it's dumb i'll tell you that it is dumb it's a uh a rock band uh on tour in a little town they get lynched by the locals, but before they do, they kind of get their hands on like a Necronomicon X music situation, and they record the, the the song that brings you back from the dead. And um, they uh, their their road manager plays the song at their graves, and it brings them back from the dead. You got Adolf Hitler in there, okay? You got uh, a werewolf uh, Nazi situation in there. You got uh, You got a lot of. I think there is a zombie dwarf, if I am not mistaken. It gets pretty silly, but I I really enjoyed it as a kid. Watching it as an adult, I thought it wasn't that bad. I mean, there is some ridiculous stuff, but uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't explain to you why I like this movie. I just do. The music actually isn't that bad either. For considering hard rock zombies is the name of the movie all right that's my three on a meat hook movies that you know are bad but still love let me know um area code 775-387-0275 is the mental health hotline go to paddedroompodcast.com click the meat hook link click the contact us link or just mail at PaddedRoomPodcast.com. Let me know what your top three guilty pleasure movies are, I guess. I guess that's one way of put it, putting it, guilty pleasure movies. Um, let me know by next week, and we'll get into that in next week's show. But now, it is time for the Terra Dome.
1: No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. He didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. Try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. Like, oh, dream come through. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. Emotion.
0: The blackest eyes, the devil, sorry.
1: Welcome to the Terra Dome.
0: First, last week's winner we had in singles competition: Valak, the Vampire from Vampires, versus the Babadook. The shadows shifted and danced around the crypt. The thing with the hat was back, and to continue its harassment of Valik, he had little time and less patience for its games. Reaching into the darkness, he could feel the thing's essence. It fed on human despair. Feeding on it would be a rare delicacy for the vampire. With a vote of 8-3, to three, Valak advances over the Babadook. I feel like we should talk about the Babadook. I don't get it, myself. I saw the movie. I thought it was fine. Uh, explaining to me that it's a one big metaphor for grief. That didn't make it better or worse to me. I thought that kid was annoying as shit. I'm not sure I understand the love for the Boba Duke. I don't know you guys explain it to me if you're if you're some kind of a Boba Duke enthusiast, I guess. Some kind of a Baba Duke super super fan let me know. While you're thinking about that, let's talk about this week's matchup. We are still in the Inferno conference round 10. As usual, inmates bear with me, I'm not much of a writer. Seth was getting desperate. His failed attempts at molecular reconstruction had led him to this point. His experiment experimentation had led him to a slow degeneration of cellular integrity and the reintegration of foreign cells. To the layman, he was becoming a human insect. Across the American Southwest, a crime spree was underway. Suspects are unknown and still at large, despite surviving numerous shootouts, with local police departments. One news clip showing a slender older man being riddled with bullets before jumping into a van to speed off, seemingly unfazed. Whatever these people were, their distinct biology might have some of the answers that Seth needs to save himself. In South Texas, Jesse Lee was on his way to a remote farm off the beaten track. He'd been separated from the rest of his cohort and needed a safe house until things died down. Singles competition. We have Jesse Lee from Near Dark versus Seth Brundle from The Fly. Uh, That's your matchup, inmates. I think I have to go with uh, Jesse Lee on this one. Seth is a bad motherfucker, and he's disgusting. And if he pukes on you, you got a serious problem. But Jesse is a vampire. I think I got to go with the vampire over the human insect situation myself. I don't have a lot of logic to back that up other than vampire. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, let me know. The Padded Room, or God damn it, uh, PaddedRoomPodcast.com. Click the TerraDome link. You can vote right there on the motherfucking uh, webpage if you don't want to reach out to me, which I can understand. Or you can call me, Mental Health Hotline, area code 775 387 Now, my friends, it's time for a little, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? How about birth rebirth from 2023 this one just hit streaming on shutter uh pretty good show man it's got kind of a Frankenstein uh, reanimator element going on it have Marin Ireland starring starring in this one uh you'll recognize her from the empty man also uh the dark and the wicked she's becoming horror royalty if you ask me my friends um de- a girl dies of acute meningitis. Marin is this uh socially awkward morgue technician who basically finds a way to reanimate her. The girl's mom catches on and uh tries to help out with the experimentation. It takes a dark turn and kind of a gross one when we find out what uh her reanimation process entails. It's pretty it gets pretty gnarly, dude. Pretty uh Guy gets jerked off in a bathroom. I'll just tell you that into a uh, specimen bottle. <laughs> uh that's that's where it starts, and then it goes even weirder and darker and uh, pretty na- pretty gnarly, pretty nasty stuff there. Pretty good show though, I would say, um, all the way around. Kept me interested, kept me uh, invested. I was invested. I was thinking this this grieving mom is going to get her her little girl back in a weird kind of Neanderthal kind of way but uh really is it ever a good idea no no it is not and i i will say that if i have learned one lesson from watching horror movies if one of my kids dies which i hope to god they don't and some fucking weirdo gives me the opportunity to bring them back no i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you no don't do it pet cemetery okay wakewood um what else that this one birth rebirth there's like 10 or 12 of these where the kids die and come back and they're just these fucking feral beasts don't just don't do it or they bring some demon thing back with them that happens too it's it's there's nothing good coming out of that bro you know just hey i'm sorry kid's gone hopefully you'll see him again so we just gotta leave that where it is i that sucks i hope i'm never there and if I am, that's where I'll be, and that'll suck. On that happy note, speaking of dead kids, <laughs> also watched Lake Mungo from 2008. Goddamn, is this a good movie, man? Um, I can't say enough good things about it. If I ever, if I, I'm pretty sure we have at one point or another done a three on a meat hook with found footage. I don't know if you call this found footage, actually, because it's more of a mockumentary style. Found footage, by definition, is more of a uh, literal found footage. Here's a camera with a bunch of weird shit in there. Let me check it out. This one's more mockumentary style. You've probably seen this one, man. It is great. You'll be hard-pressed to find a better ghost story slash... um, weird sex triangle gets thrown in there it's it, there's a lot of twists and turns and to be told on a mockumentary level it's it's a hell of a movie man i got it on blu-ray it just kind of popped up on shutter streaming so i just kind of sat through it if it's on i'm not going to change the channel that's how i roll so i watched that and then lastly i watched underworld evolution from 2006 This is part of uh, Underworld Rise of the Deacons, a little bonus show that I'm doing over on Patreon. Me and the kids are doing the uh, Underworld franchise. You can check that out uh, on Patreon right now. I dropped it last night, so it's there for your listening enjoyment. Uh, Underworld Evolution. Not bad, but I will tell you that I feel like they tried to squeeze too much into one movie there. Because you're, you're getting into um, Marcus Corvinus, and now he's like the original vampire. You're getting into William Corvinus, the original werewolf, and you're getting into their dad, Alexander Corvinus, who is just the poor schmuck who happened to be granted immortality by getting this weird disease back in the medieval whenever. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. I feel like we could have done three movies, just one on each, and kind of go from there, but we we killed all three of them in one movie. I don't know if there was not supposed to be more movies after this. There is. There's three more. So, uh, yeah, check it out over on Patreon. You got your, uh, your whole underworld shit, me and the kids. We're doing it all. That's all I'm looking at. How about some immersion therapy?
1: therapy
0: Well, I just checked and the kids are still at McDonald's with the neighbors. So, I guess it's just me tonight. You've all seen The Lost Boys. It's a great show, right? I wish that they had paid a little more respect to the original in the shitty sequels. Now I don't mind Feldman being Feldman for the sake of Feldman. And I understand that when the second film was made, uh, Corey Haim was way too far gone to to reprise the role of Sam Emerson. Uh, Jason Patrick looks exactly the same today as he did back then. So he could have been utilize Kiefer Sutherland I don't know if you want to bring him back but I guess the real problem is that it just didn't it felt like a run-of-the-mill vampire movie you know it didn't have the same vibe as the Lost Boys it didn't have really you know you could have gone back into that cave or uh whatever it was that uh, hotel um you could have uh you could have brought Star back or I guess probably not Lottie, but yeah, there's a lot of things you could have done to make it more of a Lost Boys movie and less of a sci-fi original. And I feel like they failed a lot. They tried to bring um uh, uh, uh Kiefer Sutherland's younger brother in to to be the vampire. He didn't look anything like him, and he wasn't nearly as cool as Kiefer, you know? So I don't know, it just didn't do it for. And then they try to bring werewolves in, and they basically turned it into a Frog Brothers movie. Two of them, actually. Neither one of them was that great. Um, keep it in the keep it in the gothic romance. It's it's kind of set a formula for you know the new wavy vampire, uh, fucking, euro, a little bit with the euro trash in there, and. Um, it's it, there's a reason it did because it was such a good movie you know and it's that we all wanted to be vampires after lost boys i think um the only real problem i have with it is the the max element the 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 part where uh, michael becomes a vampire but you have that half ass stage where he kind of can still back out if he doesn't kill anybody kind of a thing going on that, that's a staple. It happens. It never makes sense to me. Why would you not just do it? Just get it over with, you know? He doesn't. He falls back on his humanity, and then that's how the story goes. And he manages to rescue Star and Lottie. You've seen it. I'm not going to bore you with the details. Uh, Deacon is not here, so I will be picking the immersion therapy for the week. Let's see what we've got here. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Night of the Hunted. Uh, it's from 2023, it is presently streaming on Shudder, check that shit out inmates, I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week, but now it is time to educate, Darian.
1: educating miss monica
0: who was i last week well uh i last week was a i guess a small time hood working for a very strange mob boss in the pacific northwest i had a very specific skill set in that uh i couldn't die ever like ever ever uh, I got sick of working for this dude, so I uh, quit, and then I found out I had a daughter, and he wanted me to go back to work for him, but um, I didn't want to, so he kidnapped my daughter. I don't really care about the daughter, be honest with you. I just kind of feel socially pressured into going to save her, and now i got to go do that and kill a bunch of weird gangster dudes. I am He Never Died. It's a great show. It's streaming. Check it out. I'm sure you've seen it. Henry Rollins as a... Um, I don't know that I'd call him a vampire. He is just an immortal guy that cannot be killed ever. And uh, he's really just kind of fallen out of touch with everybody around him, except for the old folks at the bingo parlor. Very strange type of a guy. Good show. Definitely worth checking out. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am a recent retiree who purchased a boat and I plan on sailing with my family on a big vacation with this boat that I just bought. I got it dirt cheap. It's great. Everything's cool. It's working fine. I got I hired myself a uh, deckhand to help me sail the boat. We're going across the Caribbean, dudes. We're we're on full vacation mode. Weird shit going on on the boat. I keep having dreams about the the figurehead out on front of the boat, you know the the wood statue that goes out there. Um, all kinds of problems with the boat all of a sudden. Weird things going on, people accusing each other of shit. Uh, sure as shit, there's going to be some murders going down. And uh, I don't know. Now I'm starting to think maybe this boat is cursed or something. Who might I be, you ask. Tune in next week and I'll drop some knowledge on you inmates. In the meantime, that's about going to do it for me this week. Thank you very much for joining me. Hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Join me next week for Dra- Dracula's Great Love uh, streaming here on Peacock as part of Elvira's Movie Macabre Appreciation Month in the Padded Room. Uh, like, comment, subscribe wherever you heard this show. That helps the visibility quite a bit. Do have a Patreon campaign running. Check it out. Link is right there podcast.com. paddedroompodcast.com. Um, I got this Underworld series I'm doing with the kids. You're going to love that shit. I'm telling you right now. Last week, I had to explain how a, a vampire can make smoochy poochy with a werewolf and get some kind of a weird half-breed half half, ass, uh, half breed baby thing going on. Next week, we're doing Rise of the Lichens. A lot of smoochy poochy there, so prepare to listen to me stumble my way through that. It's going to be a whole-ass thing. Find that over at Patreon. Um... In the meantime, I think that's about it, dudes. Four! Jason and Absentia. Buddy and Absentia. Deacon and Daphne still at the neighbor's house eating McDonald's without me. Uh... Haunted Boats. Uh... Kids that have died and came back to just wreck some shit and fuck up your idea of what you thought was going to happen when you did that. Um... Vampires. They're all over the goddamn place. The Ring of (laughs) Nibeloni. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.